All right, Familia. The internet is now broken thanks to all of the X-Men 97 news. <laughs> is this too much of a good thing? Absolutely not, Familia. My only thing is I wish this would have broken at like 6 o'clock tonight because I would have ordered a Domino's pizza or we have a local pizza place called Artichoke Pizza here in New York that I would have just ordered a, a pie, got some ranch dressing, cherry Coke, and just dissected and done everything. So my only regret is that I have one cup of coffee right now, and we have a lot of news that has dropped for X-Men 97. And it's funny, there was no news for the longest time, and now there's so much news. <laughs> It's insane. It's it's it's. I cannot believe how much information we have gotten today. And I thought we were just going to get the Empire article that that was sort of credited for the shot of the X Men in their basketball attire. That's sort of a homage to not only the original series when they played basketball in season threes out of the past, but also issue four of Jim Lee's X Men run. So I was just like, we're not going to get that much information today. Ha, ha, ha. It's just going to be this, oh, no, the internet, Beau the Mayo, Marvel were like, hold my beer. So let's dive into some of the stuff that has been revealed. We got casting announcements, which is a really big thing. I know a lot of us have been eagerly awaiting the casting announcement. I did know Gambit was going to be recast because when we threw our X-Men Comic-Con party, Beau, Lenore... And the new actor who's playing Gambit kind of showed up, and it was it was very lovely. Um, anyways, let us break down this casting from Entertainment Weekly, and Bill actually DM this to me directly. It was like, take a look at this. So let's take a look. He and Lenore, he and Lenore are speaking to EW. And the title is X-Men 97 Exclusive Look Reveals Legacy Costumes. Theo James as a mystery fan favorite. EW exclusively confirms the cast of the sequel to X-Men, the animated series, and speaks with showrunner Bo DeMaio and Rogue star Lenore Zan about what to expect. <laughs> the X-Men have returned! Yes! More than 30 years have passed since X-Men, the animated series, hit the airwaves and turned Marvel's mutants into household names. Oh, gosh. I can't believe it's been 30 years. Yep, this is true. 30 years. Now in 2024, at a time when all those Saturday morning cartoon kids are grown up, Cyclops, Storm, Wolverine, Gene, and more are coming back to TV to remind everyone why they are the GOAT. Greatest of all time. I know it took me the longest time to understand what GOAT meant. Marvel Studios has released a highly anticipated first teaser trailer. Oh, it is a teaser trailer for X-Men 97, a direct sequel to X-Men, the animated series that will premiere on Disney Plus this March 20th. In addition, EW can exclusively unveil a sneak peek at the core gang in their classic legacy costumes, which showrunner Bowden Mayo tells EW will serve a specific purpose in season one. Okay. Every design choice is actually a clue to the storylines we're doing. Madeline Pryor. I'm sorry. Gene with the hair right there. Paul Smith. Madeline Pryor. They, I, I've said this already before. The reason why I was able to figure out that the Gene that we've been seeing in promo images is Madeline Pryor was because of the design of the hair. 
both am I? And I said, if it were anyone else, I would have said, it's a coincidence. I would have said, no, it's just a coincidence. Her hair's falling like that. Maybe at best it's a homage, but it's both am I. It's the Lee Walds. They know what they're doing. Larry Houston, notoriously in the first season, gave so many Easter eggs. Every design choice is actually a clue to the storylines we're doing, DeMaio says. Nothing is arbitrary. The clue from the legacy costumes is all about nostalgia. It's a nice nod to Pride of the X-Men, he explains, referring to the 1989 pilot for a failed X-Men animated series. Mm. Womp womp. But it is to throw the X-Men back to a time where they're thinking about what part of this do I want to keep? Was it truly simpler back then or are we just more naive? So I guess we're going to see the classic costumes here. I guess they, they, they there's no look at these classic costumes. I'm kind of confused by this story. EW can exclusively unveil a sneak peek at the core gang back in their classic legacy costumes, which showrunner Boda Mile tells EW will serve a specific purpose in season one. I've not seen this image of the classic costumes. Okay, so it's an image. Oh, interesting here. So EW has the original X-Men return to their legacy costumes in X-Men 97. So are they going to get new costumes? So they're talking... Okay, I'm just confused about the, the, the whole thing because... They're showing the X-Men animated series characters in their original costumes. And then they're talking about the Pride of the X-Men costumes. So I'm confused. Are we going to get the older looking costumes from Pride of the X-Men? Are the X-Men 92 coming back in X-Men 97? Are they just going to get new costumes? Okay, I think there's a little miscommunication happening somewhere here, either with my reading comprehension skills or between EW and Marvel publicity and what Bodemayo is saying. So let's read that one more time. Every design choice is actually a clue to the storylines we're doing, DeMaio says. Nothing is arbitrary. The clue from the legacy costumes is all about nostalgia. It's a nice nod to Pride of the X-Men, he explains, referring to the 1989 pilot for a failed X-Men animated series. But it is to throw the X-Men back to a time where they're thinking about what part of this do I want to keep? Was it truly simpler time back then, or were we just more naive? Fair question. Raise those hard questions. All right, let's move on from this. X-Men 97 picks up after the events of X-Men, the animated series series finale from 1997's Graduation Day, which saw a gravely injured Charles Xavier leave his team of mutants behind to recover in outer space in the care of Lalandra among the Shi'ar Empire. All right, so... The, now that I have had time to sit with the trailer, look at things, there's obviously some things I missed. You know, uh, we were reacting on the moment, right? Because we were just so excited. I think that the trailer was purposely misleading. I think someone else is going to die. So if you haven't seen the trailer, which I don't know why you haven't seen the trailer, why are you even listening to this episode if you haven't seen the trailer? In the trailer, they, it shows the X-Men burying a casket and, you know, it's sort of spliced in together with, you know, a, a altar, a shrine to Xavier. I think that was very misleading because the opening shows the final moments of Xavier, but it purposely omits Lalandra. And it almost feels like they're misdirecting us into thinking Xavier's dead. Xavier's not dead. Xavier is very much alive at the end of the animated series. This article here obviously confirms those events 
happen. So it's not like an alternate future or anything. I think this is just a misdirect by Marvel. Xavier is alive. He will likely return from Shi'ar space and someone else is going to die. Someone else is going to die in the series. Whoa. Goosebumps. I wonder who it's going to be. Better not be Jean. Better not be our God Queen Jean. And then we get Madeline. I hope that's not the story. Better not be the story. Uh, which gravely injured Charles Xavier, leaving his team of mutants behind to recover in outer space in the care of Lalandra among the Shi'ar Empire. Some fans said that some fans said that when the show ended the last time, 30 years ago, they felt it was cut short, says Lenore Zan, who's returning as a voice of Rogue in the new series. Love Lenore Zan, familia. I don't need to tell you how much we love Lenore Zan. She is by far the best human being on the face of the earth. Well, finally, you're getting that more. <laughs> yes, you'll be able to find out what happens next. And, you know, I, I don't want to push back on Lenore's quote here. Because I think that is a very wonderful quote. I, I, I want to say, yes, I there was this feeling of finality at the end of the series. And that there was room to tell more stories that the series was going away prematurely. So the one thing that makes X-Men so incredibly special is that there's so much source material to draw from. Okay, while Xavier believes in a world in which humans and mutants can coexist, Magneto, the X-Men's a longtime adversary, is now the new leader of the superhero team. It's always interesting to take Xavier's dream and turn it on its head, DeMaio says. When I first came to this, I was thinking about what the world of the 90s was like, even issues of social acceptance, and what does it mean to be different? It was so much more simplistic than it is today. The X-Men spent years telling humanity to embrace the future, walk into the future together. Oh, Bo the Mayo. I cannot, I've never heard the people, not the people, I've never heard people describe X-Men ideology, why the X-Men fight in the way that Bo de Mayo has. Embrace the future, walk into the future together. That's beautiful. Yes, that is what the X-Men were doing. They were saying walk into the future together. What happens when they get hit with a future they didn't see coming? What does it feel like to be on the other end when you feel like the future is leaving you behind? Oh, so great. So great. Proto Mayo, wonderful quote. Proto Mayo gets the X-Men. He really gets the X-Men. EW can exclusively confirm the cast of veteran and newcomer actors joining the series. Cal Dodd returns as Wolverine. He's original. Allison Seeley Smith returns as Storm. She is original. George Buza as Beast. Hank McCoy he is original. Adrian Ho. Adrian Ho. <laughs> I, I'm not pronouncing his last name correctly. Nightcrawler is returning. And Chris Britton as Mr. Sinister. They're also returning to the roles. They originated in X-Men, the animated series alongside Lenore Zan as Rogue. All right, so here we have it. These are the OG actors that are coming back. Wolverine, Storm, Beast, Nightcrawler, Mr. Sinister, and Rogue. So out of the original cast, these are the voice actors that are returning. You know, I, I kind of heard murmurs of that, that, that. I'm not too shocked about that. The thing is about our voices, as we get older, they age and they just change. So it makes sense that they would bring back the original cast and give them new roles to have just because it doesn't really fit with their current characters. It happens. But 
I, I think there's some good in it. I As this article will go on to say, Catherine Disher is going to be Val Cooper. I think that is phenomenal. And I met Catherine Disher at Megacon last, I was going to say last week, yeah, I guess maybe last week or two weekends ago. She has Val Cooper energy. I'm very happy with that. I thought she would have voiced Madeline, to be honest with you, but it makes sense that Jennifer Hale would voice would voice Madeline slash Jean. I mean, let, let's see. I don't know if they'll have a different voice actor for Maddie. I'm just assuming it would be Jennifer Hale since they're clones. And, you know, we, we also know that Allison Court is not returning as Jubilee. She forfeited the role, giving it to a giving it to another actor who is more aligned with Jubilee. So I wonder who Allison Court is going to play as well. All right, let's continue reading this article. Rogue is still rogue and has the same issues as Xantesis of the mutant whose power-absorbing ability make her incapable of physically touching another person. A lot of folks can relate to that, to her wanting to be loved, wanting to belong, wanting to be touched, and not being accepted for who they are. There's a lot of LGBTQ folks who tell me that they really can relate to her because of the same reasons. Rogue really embodies that because she always seems to be struggling with accepting herself for who she is, warts and all. Oh, what a wonderful understanding of the character. What a wonderful understanding of the character. As for other familiar characters, Ray Chase will now voice Cyclops Scott Summers. Jennifer Hale will voice Jean Grey. AJ Locascio will voice Gambit slash Remy LeBeau. Holly Cho will voice Jubilee. J.P. Carlake will voice Morph. Isaac Robinson-Smith will voice Bishop. Matthew Watterson will voice Magneto. Ross Marquand will voice Professor X. Hugh Agustini will voice Sunspot. Gil Birmingham will voice Forge. Eric Baza is voicing the Sentinels. All right, I'm sorry if I butchered any of those names, Familia. I kind of came in this raw without looking up the pronunciations for those names. So I apologize for that wholeheartedly. Again, as we already discussed, we knew Gambit was going to have a different voice actor. We know Jennifer Hale was going to voice Jean. She already has experience voicing Jean. She did Wolverine in the X-Men and Marvel versus Capcom 3. Fate of two worlds. All right, this is where it gets good. Then there's the White Lotus Divergent star Theo James, whom Demaya worked with on the 2021 Netflix animated film The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. James voiced lead character Vesemir, and DeMaio wrote the movie. While details of James' roles are still a secret, DeMaio teases it's a fan-favorite character, and I think it will surprise people. Okay, so who could be Theo James's character? I just posted this on Instagram, and I said, Nate Gray, Longshot, or Adam X. Now, you know, this is just pure speculation. I I have no insider tea on this. It's just me speculating. But let, 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 I don't think they're going to do Age of Apocalypse in Season 1. I, I doesn't look like they're going to do Age of Apocalypse unless it's going to end on a cliffhanger, sort of like how Wolverine and the X-Men did in Season 1, where we kind of ended with Age of Apocalypse. So I don't think it's going to be Nate. I will hope it's Nate. I will hope that they find a way to adapt Nate Gray without actually doing the Age of Apocalypse just yet. So Nate Gray just falls into, into 616 Earth or whatever the animated series universe number is. But you get what I'm saying. The X-Men animated universe, Nate Gray just falls into it. And 
we get a glimpse that Age of Apocalypse could happen sometime in later seasons. But I don't think that's going to be it. I would love it to be Nate, but I don't think it's going to be Nate. Do I think he could be a new character or a returning character? I I don't know. I don't know if it could be a new character or a returning character. So if it's a returning character, my money is going to be on a long shot or Warren. I think he would do so well as Archangel slash Warren or Longshot. We know for a fact that they're going to be doing Mojo World. We we just saw pops of, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting her, her name, but Jubilee an alternate future of Jubilee that grew up in Mojo World. We're getting a pop of her. We're getting Spiral, and we're also getting Mojo proper. So they're doing Mojo World. So if you're going to do Mojo World and you're talking about a fan favorite character, why not let it be Longshot and throw in a Dazzler there? <laughs> I don't know if Longshot is air quote fan favorite, but who knows, right? But those would be my two guesses for returning, Longshot or Warren. If it's a new character... Give us Adam X. Oh my gosh, Adam X. I think he would nail it as Adam X. I would love to see Adam X front and center. I would just be so happy with that. So those are my choices right there. Those are my four choices for Theo James. If it's returning, Warren or Longshot. If they're new characters, Nate or Nate or Adam X. How would I rank it? I think likely Longshot followed by Adam X, followed by Warren, followed by Nate. That's how I would rank that. But I don't know. That's just me purely speculating. It could be a character completely left field. I hope it's Adam X. I really do. I really, now I'm getting myself excited. Ooh, I hope it's Adam X. Adam X or Longshot, I'd be happy with. Okay, I'm done with this part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. There's still place for veteran for other veteran actors. Okay, so this is where we're going to find out uh, about the veteran actors. Catherine Disher, the original Jean Grey, is now voicing Dr. Valerie Cooper, who seems to be up to no good. Chris Potter, the original Gambit, is now playing Cable slash Nathan Summers. Lauren Spain, the original Cable, is now playing Executioner. We knew that. Ron Rubin, the original Morph, is now playing President Edward Kelly. President Kelly. And Allison Court is who played the original Jubilee is playing Abskisa. Abskisa. I, I can't pronounce that, but it's that's the Mojo World Jubilee that I just referred to. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Although she is masked in the pop. So let's see how that goes. There are many reasons behind this recasting, DeMaio explains, that range from more authentic representation. Court recognizes that voicing an Asian character like Jubilee as a Canadian actress in the 90s was a product of its time to vocal intonations. He uses the Cable-Cyclops relationship as an example. Cable is a time-displaced son of Cyclops from a future timeline and has a huge arc in X-Men 97, DeMaio confirms, it was really about how do we make sure that the audience knows that this is a weird relationship where the father is younger than the son and the vocal qualities tell that story when they're talking to each other. Baby's Cable. I think they just confirmed that the baby was Cable. So I'm really happy with it. I, How much would I love to see baby Rachel? I would love to see baby Rachel. But I think if Cable's going to have a huge story this season, the baby that will be born to either Jean or Madeline is going to be B -B Cable. There were also more symbolic reasonings, as with Jean Grey. DeMaio wanted the actress behind his favorite X-Men character to deliver the thesis of X-Men 97 as Valerie Cooper. 
Jean Grey is the epitome of empathy, DeMaio says. She is the one person who truly understands the sacrifice that is necessary to be an X-Man. See the Phoenix Saga from the original series. Val has a very interesting arc in our first season, I will say. I remember when I first met with Catherine, I was like, you'll be delivering the thesis of the series in this one particular episode, and we are going to be building it very carefully through these episodes. To me, she was such a... To me, she was such the heart of the original series. To have her deliver the thesis felt right to me. Ooh, what is a thesis? DeMaio remains tight-lipped, but he continues to muse on the idea of empathy. The key thing I came to with this series was how ultimately you can take all the philosophy of Xavier's dream, but if you just boil it down, empathy is the way into the future. Amelia... I am so excited. I that that that's just incredible. I mean, there's so much to unpack here. What, what do you guys think? Slide into our DMs, a power of X-Men. Let us know your feels. I'm so excited. I mean, what a way to kick off today. I am beyond excited for what we have coming up with X-Men 97. <laughs> 